Bonus So Money episode, Nikki Arwood, Regional Market Executive at Charles Schwab. You're listening to So Money with award-winning money guru, Farnoosh Karabi. Each day, get a 30-minute dose of financial inspiration from the world's top business minds, authors, influencers, and from Farnoosh herself. Looking for ways to save on gas or double your double coupons? Sorry, you're in the wrong place. Seeking profound ways to live a richer, happier life? Welcome to So Money. Welcome to So Money, everyone. I'm your host, Farnoosh Tarabi. This is a special episode of So Money. As you know, over the last several weeks, we've been presenting some bonus episodes presented by Charles Schwab to allow us to deep dive into particular topics from investing to financial literacy to talking to your kids about money. We've covered a lot of ground. And today, I'm happy to say we're going a little bit back to basics. It's back to school time. And when it comes to our financial lives and making progress, it's It's not just about crunching the numbers, but it's about really understanding and having clarity around your goals. How do you establish the right kinds of goals and actually see them through? Nikki Arwood is our guest today. She's a regional market executive at Charles Schwab. And in her role, she leads 36 branches, has over 200 employees. She has a real keen sense of what consumers need when it comes to their financial goals, how they go about accomplishing them. She has been in the financial services industry for 30 years and has spent most of those years at Schwab. And fun fact, she was a graduate of Georgetown University where she majored in sociology and was captain of the women's basketball team. As many of you know, I'm working with Charles Schwab to help spread financial literacy to the masses. And it's been a really great collaboration so far. I'm a Charles Schwab customer and have been for many years. So before we get started, I just want to thank Thank Charles Schwab for helping get this financial education content to you. And on the show today with Nikki, we're going to talk about how to establish financial goals, how to understand what should take priority. Should you save first? Should you invest next? Should you try to get out of debt? When to work with a financial advisor? And if you're stuck, you're not really sure how to get motivated to actually start putting pen to paper and create some goals, Nikki's got some advice for us as well. Here we go. Here's Nikki Arwood. Nikki Arwood, welcome to So Money. Thank you for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. I feel like today's episode is going to be kind of like going back to school. It's also back to school for a lot of parents and kids. And uh, this is going to be going back to school financial style. And I think it's important sometimes to kind of go back to basics and, and talk about when you're talking about how to enhance your financial life. Sometimes it's important to review some of the, the basics, like how to set a goal and achieve it, how to seek the proper help, how to identify needs versus wants. And so thank you for coming on and uh, giving us that opportunity. How do you recommend that we begin to firstly identify our financial goals? I know a lot of our listeners, they write in and they, they want to, they're very ambitious, the So Money listenership. You know, they want to, in some cases, get out of debt, save more, invest better, buy a home, start a family all at the same time. So where do we begin if we feel a little overwhelmed with all of the things that we'd like to accomplish, which, of course, carry price tags? You bet. 
Well, great question, uh, Farnoosh. Uh, to me, whether going through this process myself or really uh, with our clients, I, I think setting goals can be the most fun part of getting on top of your finances. It really is the opportunity and the time to evaluate and really line up your priorities and, and quite frankly, uh, dream a little, um, think about uh, what you want. Um, everyone's different in terms of how they might prioritize a goal, uh, but it's important to identify what those are and take a look really not just in the near term, but in the distant future as well. Uh, is it a house? Is it starting a new business? Um, do you want to travel? Do you imagine switching jobs? Uh, do you want to go to graduate school? Really thinking beyond uh, sort of your day-to-day -day issues and really set your sights on larger goals. For me, my primary goals early on uh, were really my kids' college education and, and my own retirement. Uh, my parents came from very modest means. They, they grew up in South Dakota. My father was actually a jazz musician, and I could go on for a long period of time talking about how he had to plan and set financial goals for himself, wanting to realize that passion. He really struggled for a long period of time. My mom was an educator. Uh, they had five kids in five years. And my, my earliest memories of my mom, um, I, I knew a primary goal for her was that her five kids would go to college and that, and that my parents had decided that it was their philosophy that they were going to fund it. Um, and they sacrificed a great deal to make that dream a reality. You know, they instilled that in me as well. So when I was in my early 20s and starting a family, I thought about really what my priorities were. And I, and I mapped out a plan to make it happen. Kids' education was definitely a primary driver for me. So how do you get started? I mean, there's a couple of things that, that I would certainly recommend. The first one, put your goals on paper. It, it, it does sound like it's a simple thing, but quite frankly, until you really put them down and start to commit to them, um, I, I'm not sure how they really turn into to reality. So, so put them down. You got to think of your goals, I think, in, in almost buckets. There are certainly some very short-term goals you can take a look at, you know, one year or less. Maybe building up an emergency fund for yourself, uh, getting rid of your debt, uh, maybe buying a car, um, but, but something that you can actually accomplish in the short run. Maybe some medium-term goals or, 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 or one, I would try and keep them as focused as possible and maybe focus on one primary, three to five years maybe in, in length. Maybe it's a down payment on a home or maybe a vacation. Long-term, 10 years or longer. Maybe child's education or early re retirement like in, like in my scenario. Uh, make it big, but don't get carried away, right? Right? something realistic and attainable. You can always add more goals as you go. Your life might, uh, you'll certainly go through life changes and circumstances change, but, but the point is really to work through something tangible. You know, I'm, I'm in my 50s now, and uh, my, my daughter graduated last year from college, and she's out on her own, and my, my son is a sophomore in college now. He's my, he's my youngest. And I'm in the process now of, uh, of getting married in the end of October, and quite frankly, that has made me take a, a, a reevaluation here of my, my retirement and my goals and planning for another person and, and think about how now I might go about that from a short-term, medium-term, long-term perspective. I think it, what it, I'm hearing from you is also that it's important to just start, even if you're not 100% sure about where your life's going to take you, but start with some big dreams, big hopes, and don't be afraid to think big and dream big, but start because that's what's going to motivate you to actually save. Agreed. And, you know, life is unexpected. You might decide in 10 years or in 
30 days, like you don't want what you thought you wanted, that's okay. The good news is you've got the money now to pivot yeah. and to improvise. And um, I, I like to just remind myself and others of that, that I know it's sometimes scary to, to dream big. Maybe it seems like an intangible possibility, like buying a home. Oh my gosh, I've got student loans. Just save as much as you can. If you down the road, you decide it's not the house that you want, but it's to be able to travel more, the money's there. And that's, that's the, that's the best news. So, yeah. you know, I do think that a lot of people sometimes feel like I just, I don't want to make a bad decision, right? I don't want to, um, create a, a wrong goal. Is there such a thing as a wrong goal? I kind of think not. I kind of think the whole point is just to get you saving towards something. Well, I'm laughing a little bit because uh, recently I I saw a, a 1955 Porsche and uh, I I texted my sister with a picture of me in front of it. She told me to walk away from it, um, and she basically said, uh, "You you you need to walk away from the car. Uh, that it, that is not a need. It's a it's a want." But I but I actually think you're I think you're right. Uh, this is why goal setting is so important. It really does help you prioritize, figure out what's important to us see how much you actually have to save. It, it, it also really helps you really prioritize what you don't need, right? And, uh, and, and what's not as important. Um, you know, again, maybe I don't need that new car. I'd rather put that money towards something, something else that's, that's more important to me that I've prioritized. Uh, we tell our clients uh, at Schwab, the most important thing is to be engaged. We want them to ask questions. Uh, the easiest way to stay engaged, quite frankly, as we've talked about, is having a written plan. Um, it's having a roadmap for what that, that uh, financial life looks like. It helps you be realistic with the assessment of where you are. Um, it helps you to identify goals, create a roadmap to achieve it. Um, it's also something you can come back to um, and keep updated if you need to. And as we've seen with financial planning, it can help improve people's confidence and help them achieve better outcomes. Uh, you know, Charles Schwab's Modern Wealth Index shows having a written financial plan can lead to better daily money behaviors. Uh, those with a written financial plan are likely to be regular savers, uh, feel financially stable, and effectively manage their debt. Uh, investing behaviors, we find that these planners are more likely to stay engaged with their investment. They're aware of their fees they're paying. They have confidence about reaching their goals. Quite frankly, we, we found that you know in, in difficult markets, uh, they're more likely to stay with that plan um, and not make emotional reactions to, uh, to a market. Uh, the fact that planning is being you know, engaged or critical to achieving those goals, um, according to Schwab's Modern Wealth Index, only 25% of Americans have a written plan. The rest either don't have one at all or they have something in their head. But, it, but Why, it's is really that? Why is that, Nikki? Why aren't people doing more of the planning work? Are they just yeah. – What's lacking? There's a couple of things. The, the first reason is really they, they don't feel like they have enough money right now uh, to actually merit a formal plan. Um, you know, some, it, it never occurred to them. They, they don't understand what it is um, or why they would need it. Um, and, and others basically say they, they wouldn't even know the first thing about starting uh, to do that. Um, I, I started my first plan when I was in my early 20s. And quite frankly, I'm not certain that I would have met my certainly my, my my kids college funding goals had I not started that early and and I was living paycheck to paycheck back then when I first started having to observe and look at um, what was going on with my finances a lot of our listeners may not have a ton of money and in in order to they think merit 
working with a financial advisor. A lot of financial advisors market themselves as wealth advisors. And if you don't feel wealthy, you don't feel like maybe you're primed to work with a professional. What's your thought on that and the whole relationship between advisor and client? And when when would you be ready realistically to work with someone professionally and actually pay a fee? Well, access to professional advice is becoming more accessible and more affordable, um, especially with all that's available now on uh, on on our on the, on the internet and on websites. And it's a huge focus at Schwab. Without even being a client, you can access access extensive research and tools at Schwab.com, including guidance on creating a financial plan. There are self-direct tools where you can go on and actually uh, develop a, a plan on your own, utilizing those tools. This maybe all you need to get started. Um, there are also many calculators and that type of thing out there as well. Um, but sometimes it can also feel really overwhelming. There's a lot of information out there. And as your life and your finances evolve and become more complex, you may decide that you want access to a professional. We surveyed a thousand Schwab clients and found that 80% of them feel most confidence, uh, confident when they have at least some help from an advisor. Um, and there's some things that you want to think about when you're when you're choosing an advisor, somebody to work with. Trust is essential. Uh, at Schwab, we encourage investors to ask a lot of questions, be involved, be engaged. Uh, so when you're choosing an advisor, you want to arrange for an initial consultation. Usually that's complimentary um, and ask a bunch of questions. Um, it's important to develop good rapport with your advisor. This is someone you'll likely have for the long-term relationship. You want to be comfortable personally as well as professionally with them. You know, um, I, I, I mentioned this one first, right? Um, yeah. I, it certainly is important to have somebody that has, you know, credentials and education and understands the business. But this is somebody that you're really going to open up about uh, intimate matters to in terms of, you know, your money and relationships and your family. And, you know, our, our hope is that you're, you know, we're, we're building a relationship where we can help make decisions today that are going to take you into, you know, 10 years, 20 years, 30 years down the road, and even quite frankly, impact you not only for the long term, but also your, your family. Uh, so that trust piece and that rapport building with, with uh, an advisor is really critically important. And it starts with asking a lot of questions. I think also it's important to start asking other friends and colleagues who may be in your boat, if you're newly married or newly parent, uh, a new parent or started a business, that there are certain advisors that are better equipped to help and experience to help those kinds of people. So try to find like people and who are they working with. Sometimes for me, that's been a great way to narrow down the best kind of professional help that's out there. Nikki, you oversee 30 Schwab branches and, and sorry, can you hear that? That's my child's crying in the background. Uh, uh, let me take, let me take a start that over. Nikki, you oversee 30 Schwab branches. That's uh, that's very impressive. And I'm sure you have your ear to the ground as far as what people are worried about slash uh, maybe concerned about as far as like, you know, there's so much volatility in the market. We're hearing the R word again. What um, what what's what do you hear from the trenches? What are pe- what's on people's money minds? Yeah, well, it, I, I've got a lot of questions this year. Certainly, we've got a really strong market. Uh, we, we also have some some political things going on in the environment, uh, some recent volatility, um, and and what that really means for uh, clients' investment strategies. And uh, clients ask a lot lately, with this being the longest running bull market, where for really the last nine years the market has gone up. You know, is now 
the time to get in or out of the market. And, and boy, wouldn't it be wonderful if, if we all knew when exactly to get in, when the market was going to be at its low and, and when to sell at the high. But, but, but that's just not reality. And uh, the markets are far more complex than that. Um, I know markets are going to go up and down. I, I, I wish I could, could understand exactly when, the, when it's going to you know, peak and, and, and go down. Uh, but uh, many emotions, unfortunately, come into the equations with, with uh, investors. And, and now, you know, obviously, with, with what's going on in the market, we're hearing more and more about that. With the market moving up, you have some investors on, on one hand that are saying they want to be left out of the party, right? So they, they want to buy, and, and so they'll take a look at buying potentially when the market's you know, at a peak. And on the other side, when the market experiences some volatility and declines, investors really get scared. And, and a lot of times, uh, you know, investor behavior is they end up selling. Um, I can recall back in you know, 2008 uh, when we were going through the housing crisis and, and, uh, and, and the recession and the decline in the market, uh, you know, the market had come down significantly um, in uh, early 2009, and, and we still had investors on the sideline uh, in cash, and, and they were waiting until things got better. Um, and so we have a lot of clients right now that are, uh, that are, that are starting to ask those same questions. Um, you know, we have a saying here at Schwab that it's not about timing the market, it's about time in the market and having a long-term plan in place. It really does help clients understand that building wealth is a long-term endeavor. You know, for us, our number one investing principle is starting with a financial plan. Um, and clients who really start with that plan um, and they they handle the right risk tolerance for themselves. And and quite frankly, I heard uh, our chief strategist recently, Lizanne Saunders, who I believe he had on this podcast recently, um, you know, talk a lot about that doesn't always just mean, you know, your your time horizon, right? Because if you're somebody who's going to start investing now and you have 30 years until you're going to need the money, but if the market really uh, turns to uh, uh, and goes negative or, or takes a big dip and you get out, then, then that time frame doesn't matter, right? So you've really got to set a realistic time frame, and uh, so that's something that you can stomach the ups and downs of the market. Um, that's critically important. We find that people who do have that plan are are much more equipped to handle the ups and downs of the market. I like that. It's not about timing the market; it's about your time in the market. And um, earlier, you also talked about some of the reasons people stay on the sidelines. They're not sure where the market's headed. So then they just don't make any moves. And I think another reason why people may not make a move as far as planning their financial future is because they feel like, you know what, I've got a lot on my plate. I'm paying bills. I'm, I've got student loan debt. And so we feel as though, and I can relate, like we don't have the capacity to really look forward, look ahead, plan. We're just trying to keep the lights on. So part of that, I think, is a mindset shift that needs to happen, you know, uh, sort of like, you know, you can do it, this that needs to kind of be at seeped into the into the brain. But how do you actually motivate yourself to get rid of some of these limiting beliefs that I think a lot of us can relate to? Yeah, um, well, the hardest step is is the first one, right? You've got to get the plan down on paper. Um, and to me, it really makes the rest of it much easier. 
as we've talked about. Um, you know, I, I, I'm getting married at the end of October, and there are so many things that are involved. It can be so overwhelming just to think about, not just from a budgeting standpoint, but, you know, how much do I spend in each particular area? How do I make sure everything's handled? But getting it down on paper um, and, then, and then really taking a look at, um, at, at the prioritization makes it so much more uh, uh, doable in terms of handling each one of those pieces. Um, according to Schwab's Modern Wealth Index, 68% of Americans say they live paycheck to paycheck, but among, among those with a written financial plan, planners, right, um, it's, it's less than 40%. So much research shows that even with some very basic planning, it can make a huge difference in people's financial lives. Yes. And actually, Carrie Schwab Pomeranz, who was on this uh, podcast, she likes to talk about doing a 30-day financial cleanse, which I think is really fitting here for those of us who may feel like, oh, I don't know where to start. Can I start? Do I have the capacity to start? I like this. It's like a very doable 30-day program to get you to become more mindful about spending and saving. Do Do you encourage this as well? Absolutely, absolutely. In fact, my uh, my my daughter just went through this one uh, recently, and so um, uh, Carrie Schwab, she was on a on a recent podcast for you. Um, she runs Charles Schwab Foundation. She's actually Chuck Schwab's daughter, um, and uh, and this thirty day financial cleanse uh, is taking thirty days to, as you mentioned, be mindful of the spending and savings habits. And so she has a couple of steps here. Um, so uh, if you Google. Carrie Schwab Financial Cleanse, you can get the details, but here it goes. So first week, you set the stage. Um, if uh, this were a food cleanse, you clean out the refrigerator. Uh, so if you're a financial cleanse, you temporary put away your credit cards. Use cash for your day-to-day expenses, and you track your expenses. And try to pick one area to cut back on. You know, if you're buying too much coffee at a coffee shop, you know, cut that out. Um, the second week, track and categorize all of your spending. So this is where you take a look at your regular monthly bills and start to separate them and things uh, out by category. You include your personal everyday expenses that you tracked the week before. Now you really should have a pretty good picture of how your total monthly spending compares to your total monthly income. Week three, that's all about articulating your goals. So now that you know where your money is going, take this week really to think about where you want it to go. So you set those goals. Remember, short-term, medium-term, long-term goals. And then week four, you put it all together. And by then, you have a much greater awareness around how you spend your money, but also you have thoughts about what kinds of adjustments you need or want to make uh, to reach your financial goals. Of course, having a conversation with a financial professional can help you figure out uh, your financial, financial life as well. Yeah, we actually had on um, the author of Money Diaries, Lindsay Stanberry, who uh, has been chronicling um, women's, especially millennial women's spending habits as told by them through a diary entry. And it's so, first of all, it's very fun and interesting to read them. But I think for those who do the entries, what an eye-opening experience, similar to this cleanse, like just being cognizant of what you're spending, how much you're spending. I mean, how often, I'll raise my hand, I've definitely gone to the grocery store and not even looked at the total, just swiped and left. And, um, you know, how much are avocados? I couldn't tell you. Similar to the, uh, you know, the the exercise and fitness uh, apps that are out there with just sort of logging what you're eating, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, logging how many steps you're taking. Um, you know, what a, what a difference that ends up making when, uh, when you're tracking it and you're reviewing it. 
Nikki Arwood, thank you so much for your time. We could have been talking for much longer. You have such a wealth of knowledge and experience in the financial services industry. We really are grateful for your time and um, walking us through some of these important, basic but important reminders about um, achieving financial goals. Just set it. Just set a goal, people. Like, just do it. You may not be a thousand percent sure it's the right goal, but it's important if you want to move forward. Uh, walking us through the uh, ways we can figure out if we're ready for a financial planner, which I do agree is important to have at least some kind of support around getting you to the finish line. And then, of course, the 30-day money cleanse. And congratulations on your pending wedding. I hope it's a blast. Thank and you, you Thank do you. take some time off afterwards to, uh, to enjoy the honeymoon. <laughs> Absolutely. Thank you very much for all that you do, uh, Farnoosh, uh, to bring uh, financial literacy to, to more people. It really is helping. Thanks so much to Nikki for stopping by. For more, check out trialschwab.com. And if you missed any of this, just head over to somoneypodcast.com where you can download the transcript, listen to the audio, and also leave me a question for our Friday episodes of Ask Farnoosh. Thanks for tuning in, everyone. And I hope your day is so money. So money.